Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue, it's the Jeff Wagner Show. Now, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. So glad to have you with us. I think this is the first time in 25 years on the air that we've had probably a 15-minute program. But but that's, that is the great thing with what is going on in baseball nowadays. The game was 2 hours and 11 minutes. Brewers win four to nothing um, on the heels of a six to nothing shutout victory last night, taking two out of three games from the Houston Astros. And it's one of the things I absolutely love about baseball that that there's always tomorrow. Okay, Monday night's game, they just get drubbed, lose twelve to two. It is an ugly game, no matter how you look at it. And then they come back with again two shutouts over a very very good team, sending twenty eight plus thousand people home happy and home quickly. That's the, I think this is, you know, oftentimes when sports make changes to the rules and things, sometimes they become controversial. Sometimes, well, do we really like that? Do we, or, or do we not? Sometimes there's rules changes that really are, turn out to be great. The three point shot, for example, in, in the NBA, I think, you know, that's, that's opened up the game and it, it's made it a lot more fun. Um, you almost look at what is going on in baseball today and you say, man, what took them so long? Because in years past, I, I guarantee you, if you had a game that started at 10 minutes after 12, I guarantee you there is no way that that game would have been over before 3 o'clock or maybe thereafter. You know, And in this particular case, the game just flies People are, you know, your your attention is drawn to the game. There's not a lot of the sitting around and standing around and no action. I think this is a rule change that the vast majority of people, if not everybody, just agrees that it was like long overdue. And it makes baseball a lot more fun to watch. And when the Brewers win four to nothing like they did this afternoon and six to nothing like they did last evening, makes it even more fun. John McCure is going to be in with a full Wisconsin's afternoon news in just a couple minutes. But I wanted to highlight just two stories that have been breaking over the course of the last couple hours. The first is a sad story. Um, as Sandy was saying in her bottom of the hour news update, uh, Tina Turner passed away at the age of 83 in Switzerland. She had actually renounced her U.S. citizen citizenship. She'd become a Swiss citizen in 2013 and had essentially been living there since then. But you want to talk about not only an incredible, an incredible career, but also I think you can make an argument that she had the greatest comeback in, in musical history. For people who aren't familiar with, you know, Tina Turner, there was really two generations. There was the, the generation in the 50s and the 60s and the early 70s where she was performing as part of the Ike and Tina Turner Review, and they had incredible success with, like, Proud Mary, which was a cover of a Creedence Clearwater song, and, and other songs as well. And she was, of course, trapped in an incredibly abusive relationship with, with Ike Turner that got worse and worse as his addiction to cocaine got worse and worse. And and ultimately, they were becoming, they were kind of becoming a nostalgia act. And in the 19, I think it was like 1975 or 1976, um, he became, again, continued to be physically abusive towards her. And she just decided enough is enough. And she left him on, in a, she left him on the way to a performance. She left him with like 35 cents in her pocket and a credit card that she had stashed in a bag that she had somewhere, but she just walked away because she couldn't take it anymore. So after that, she went through this period from the, like the mid-1970s till the early 1980s where to, to make a living, she was 
showing up and performing on like the Sonny and Cher show and the Brady Bunch hour and Hollywood Squares. Tina Turner was doing Hollywood Squares. And then in 1984, they came out with the album Private Dancer that just hit incredibly, incredibly big with all those great songs. And it just skyrocketed her career. And, you know, she went from, again, doing the Hollywood Squares in the late 70s, early 80s to performing in front of 100,000 people, 180,000 thousand people at one point in time. Just an incredible, incredible career, an incredible comeback, and an incredible performer, no doubt about it. Tina Turner has been sick for quite a while. She had a number of health problems. She had a stroke about 10 years ago and had been battling other health problems uh, along the way. Passed away after a long illness in Switzerland at the age of 83, but just an absolutely tremendous performer. So she will definitely be missed. The other story I wanted to bring you up to date on, because this will be a headline later on, um, and it, it comes from the world of politics. Ron DeSantis officially getting into the race for the Republican nomination for president today. Um, This comes on the heels of South Carolina Senator Tim Scott getting into the race. If you're a regular listener to this program, you know, I'm a fan of both of them. I I think, you know, Tim Scott, somebody I've had a chance to meet and personally an interview, I I think – He's somebody that the more people find out about him, the more attractive he's going to be. But anyhow, CNN is out with a poll. It has two interesting things in it. The the poll, which was done before Tim Scott got into the race and, of course, before Ron DeSantis officially got in the race, found that Trump is the first choice of 53 percent of Republican-leaning voters. DeSantis is the first choice of 26 and then other other people, Nikki Haley and, and Tim Scott and Mike Pence, all those have much smaller amounts. But here's the interesting takeaway, which is why it's going to be such an interesting election season. More than eight out of 10 people that they poll, who, and again, they're looking for, you know, who you support in the Republican primary, more than eight in 10 say that they're open to considering some other candidate. So in other words, somebody says, well, my, my preference right now is Donald Trump, but I, I, I'm, I'm open to other, other choices. My preference right now is Ron DeSantis, but I'm open to other choices. And I think that's what's going to make it so interesting. It's why there's so many opportunities now for the people, whether it's Mike Pence or Chris Christie or Tim Scott or Nikki Haley. You have, I think, more than in any election that I can remember, at least in recent times, you have voters who are persuadable, and that's going to be the interesting thing. What candidate is going to be able to go out? What candidate is going to be able to hone a message that says, look, I'm the one that you should vote for? Is it going to be an issue of electability? Is it going to be an issue regarding abortion? Is it going to be an issue regarding the economy? I I don't know what those issues are going to be, but 80 percent of the people, even though they have a a preference – They say they are not locked in, and that's what's going to be so interesting. They're persuadable. All the candidates have to do, and I say all, they're going to have to figure out what the message is that they want to launch to persuade people. So that's the CNN poll. The headline is going to be Trump has 53 percent support in this national poll. Well, okay, but the real takeaway is – Even though that's the snapshot of where the race stands now, it is a very, very wide open race, which is going to make it so interesting and so much fun if you're a political junkie to cover. 